It's time for OWC Radio, Tech Talk with Creatives, conversations with host Serena Catania. This is Serena Catania. I am back for part two with Thomas Michael Mulligan. He's an actor, writer, producer, with a really amazing career over the last few decades. Just a very few, not a lot, not as many as me, because I'm older than he is. But he's been very successful, and he's got some great advice for you guys. So part two now, Thomas, I want to talk about your film festival journey, not just for your films, but also because you started, you're the co-founder of the New Hope Film Festival, right? Yes. So tell us about that. What is the New Hope Film Festival? The New Hope Film Festival started over a breakfast conversation back in either late 2008 or early 2009. And Doug Whipple, who was a friend in Pennsylvania back in New Hope, uh, I, was, I, had, I had been introduced to Doug prior to that by a friend who knew his family. And Doug had written a, a screenplay from a book, a novel he wrote called Shadowfields. And my friend said, would you be willing to talk to their son, Doug, and help him with a script? And that's how Doug and I to be friends over the phone and really hit it off. And then, you know, when I go back to New Hope, I would help him work on the script and develop it. And one, this one time, went back and we're having breakfast, and I was talking about how hard it is. And you've been you've been around the century a long time. It's not easy, right? It's not easy getting work. You're always looking for work. And I was joking with Doug, saying, you know, I'm on the W list. And Doug said, What's the W list? You know, like Tom who? <laughs> Tom who? You know, get me Tom Mulligan. Tom who? And, <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, everybody uh, that is in the creative side of the business feels like that at one point or another. You feel like that. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. It's okay. You're allowed. <laughs> it's not like the D list, but anyway, <laughs> kind of commiserating and saying, you know, look, I said, look, look, I've done stuff. I've done some good things. And, but I'm still, you know, friends know me in the industry, but I'm not a, you know, I'm not a household name or anything like that. I'm not a, not an A-list actor. And we started talking about film festivals and a, a, a festival in New Hope. And, but it was like, you know, but I live in California. so going to work in California. And a week later, Doug called me up and said, Hey, Tom, but I went to my attorney and incorporated the new Hope film festival. Let's do it. Wow. So <laughs> Doug's background oh was 12 years on wall street, Wharton school of business, MBA, incredibly nice guy, but incredibly brilliant guy. So he had that mm-hmm. side of it. And I had this side of it. I know the industry, I know film festivals. And we spent the next year over the phone together. And we launched it in July of 2010, hmm. basically how New Hope started. Now we just completed our 10th year. Congratulations. Did you have any idea how much work that was going to be? Yes, <laughs> because I've been around festivals. Yeah. Wait, let, me, let me put this out there, too. There's people that I think a lot of people don't realize. They may think festivals are only work when, like, the month before the festival starts. Oh, no. Festivals work is all year round. Yeah. We just finished 19 and we just started getting submissions on August 5th for 2020. Films and scripts are already coming in. And there's all the other behind the scenes work that they, Doug and everybody back there has to do. It, it's constant. It takes a huge amount to run a really good festival, as you know, and to, to organize it right and make, make it work really well. So when do submissions close for New Hope for next year? close at the end of February 2020. Okay. Okay. So filmmakers have until February and, and where do they go if they want to look into? I'm going to ask you now while I'm thinking about it. Filmfreeway.com 
and that's the only one right now uh, without a box is going out of business as of October. Yes. It's film freeway. Yeah. And then they just search for New Hope Film Festival and then submit to you from there. Correct. Right. Okay. And they can go to newhopefilmfestival.com mm-hmm. to get other information about the festival. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, too, I wanted to mention we take a full page ad in Variety every year. We announce all of our award winners in Variety. So that'll be coming out. That's expensive. No- well, we put, well, instead of big parties and all that stuff, we put the money in stuff like that, which. I which, love that. That's very well, considerate. Look, I'm a film. I'm an actor and filmmaker. I would love seeing my name or my film in variety. You, you know what I mean? That would be, you know, of so course. that's yeah. something that we do. And we, we had a long discussion about it when we first started it back at the beginning. And, you know, they were saying, well, is this going to be worth the investment? It's a lot of money. It's very expensive to take a full page ad out in uh, in variety. And we said, you know, let's let's try it. And filmmakers seem to like the idea that they're, you know, they're going to be announced in variety. and it comes out at during AFM in November, American Film Market. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty, pretty cool element that we added. That's really smart. That's very, very smart. So festivals have, I believe, a personality. If you would describe, people are always wanting to know, how, do, how can I get my film in there? Is my film right for that festival? How would you describe in the past, the kinds of films that have been most successful at the New Hope Film Festival? Well, I would say the categories are you know, art house features, full documentaries, short docs, animated films, music videos, pilots, webisodes, things like that. A, a well-done film, whatever genre it is, that it's really well done, well written, well acted. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing that I want to put out, the biggest issue every year is sound. Yes. Sound is the biggest issue. And the two major things are sound levels and hollow sound like for example you and i are in a scene you talk and your sound is at one level right. i talk and, and the sound is at a totally different level right and so what i always tell filmmakers is yeah focus on the sound i have friends who say oh who do you have for sound oh, i just got some guy no no you're gonna have to pay for it at some point if you're not going to pay for it now you're going to pay for it in post-production absolutely you know so i would say really get really good sound because mm-hmm. you could have a wonderful story and script and, and acting and beautifully lit. And if the sound's bad, it takes something away from the film. Absolutely. So that would be my, my biggest thing. And I would say a lot of films we get in have sound issues. Now we will let the filmmakers know and say, we really love your film, but it needs this. And most of them fix the sound, but some of them don't want to say, no, there is no sound issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, well, we wish you the best you know, with the film, and, and that's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Good sound designers and mixers are hard to find. Yes. It, it used to be, actually, it used to be easier in the time of the large films and when everybody was making studio films. And now that a lot of people are in the independent arena, you're making films for less money. You know sound is important, and you have to go out and find people that have the kind of experience that we used to want to have when they we were at the studio. It's re- I'm looking for somebody right now. It's hard. It's really hard to find uh, really professional sound guys. Well, part, I think part of the problem is well, it's a double-edged sword in my in my opinion, Serena. Is the fact that pretty much anybody can make a movie now because people are making movies on cell phones, right? Yeah. So this whole dynamic of make your movie, no 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 budget, low budget, micro budget, no money. Anybody can make a movie, and it's true, but how good is it going to be? I agree. You know what I mean? How well done? It, 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 you, it still takes 
some kind of talent to, to know how to shoot it, even on a cell phone, to shoot it right, you know, get the angles right, get the lighting right. There's still a, you know, a lot of aspects to it. So, um, yeah, anybody can make a movie, but you get what you pay for. It's still, I agree, it's all about a good story. And I agree that the sound is so important because mm-hmm. if you have a bad picture, you can somehow fudge that. You can figure out how to put, you know, something on it to make it look like you did that on purpose. But if you can't understand it and if it doesn't resonate yeah. audibly, then you're really in trouble. I'm not saying you should shoot bad because it's wonderful yeah. when everything works. But yeah, I agree with you on the sound. I was on a film a couple of years ago, a short film, and when the and I was there were two people in it. I was one of the leads and the guy showed up that they got to do sound. I saw the equipment he had and we were shooting outside and I said to my friend, well, this is going to be, this is going to be bad. It's a windy day. Anyway, it turned out sound was horrendous. Luckily, they took it to a post-production house, Uh-oh. but it cost them about $1,500 to fix it when they probably could have gotten somebody really good in sound for about half that cost. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. You know, it had, luckily it was fixable, but they had to pay to get it fixed. Did they have to dub over some of the dialogue? Did they have to loop it? I mean, what did they do? Yes. Yes. Well, first of all, the sound the sound was really bad because the levels were off and it was so windy. It sounded windy. It, it was it was a mess. That's all I can tell you. And hmm. I didn't think it could be fixed, but they took it to a good post house and they were able to fix it. But it cost, I think, it was like fifteen hundred dollars to fix the sound. You know, that's tough because the sound designer is going to have to work with studio sound versus sound on on the production sound on the set, which has a room tone that doesn't match what you had have in the studio. Yeah. And also, I don't think you as an actor, do you think it's as easy for you to get a really good uh, performance when you're looping? Well, there's nothing like the in-the-moment performance, Serena, which I think you would probably agree with, yeah. right? Yeah. So when you have to go and do, do yeah, it, I do. all you can do is try to get back into that moment. Or the way I try to do is try to, as best I can, be back in that moment. Makes it definitely would make it a little bit tougher if you have mm-hmm. to do that. Now, on the witching hour, we went upscale. I got a friend of mine, Ryan Bishop, in, in, in L.A., who's a big producer up there. I said, look, Lizette and I want to do this movie. Mm-hmm. want to do it really well. Mm-hmm. He brought everybody that worked on it, either worked on studio films or TV series. And this was like, uh, we shot it in two days on a, on a Saturday and Sunday at the Silver Dream Factory in Anaheim, a standing set studio. And wow. the sound guy, I forgot what show he was on, what show he was on. Anyway, it was so good. We did not have to do any ADR. The sound from set was perfect. But we paid for it. You know, we paid, paid everybody really well. They didn't get what they normally get, but they still got paid extremely well. Mm. And we got what we paid for. We got a beautiful movie with great mm. sound and... and yeah. Great lighting and, and everything else. So, you know, we paid for it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm listening to you and I'm being reminded of this theory that I have. I would much rather pay people than pay for equipment. And and people seem to get that backwards. Um, you know, when somebody asks the, the cast and crew to work for free, but they're spending all this money renting equipment, I kind of think that's a little bit backwards. Um, yeah. And I always tell people, you know, take a look at where they're spending their money. And if they really respect you, they're going to try to pay you. Um, and and people come first in my mind. Of course, you have to have good equipment. But anyway, that's a little well, aside. Actors, you know, this actors are the last people to get paid. Oh, that's just so not fair. And I, this is my feeling. And I'm going to say this. Uh, this is going out in San Diego. 
most of the work in San Diego is unpaid, pretty much. It's not Especially good. Especially yeah. short films, right? And so yeah. the, 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 the problem is, this is what the problem is. There's so many actors and actresses out there. Everybody wants to work. Mm-hmm. They want to work on their craft. Mm-hmm. They want to be in front of the camera, you know? And so it's like, okay, well, this is what's available. And you probably know the Susarina. Even those films are extremely hard to get. There's so much competition, even for non-union, no-pay films, mm-hmm. features. It's it's crazy. So mm-hmm. I my feeling is going forward, I if I can't pay actors something, then I don't want to... I don't want to produce it. Good for you. Now I may choose. I may choose as an actor to to do something free, like I did something recently. But there were two really good actors and, and an actress in it, and the cinematographer is from LA and he was dynamite. And I said, you know what, this is going to be good. Mm-hmm. So I did it because mm-hmm. I was working with good talent, nice, good talented friends. But you know, personally, as a producer guy, if I'm going to produce something and I can't pay actors, I'm not going to do it. And Lizette. By the way, Lizette, my partner, writing partner, feels the same way. Good. Like, we can't pay actors. We don't want to do it. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So let's get back to the film festival for okay. a moment. So in, okay. in New Hope, how, how hard is it for you? Well, you've been going now for 10 years. Yes. So you're an established festival. Are you, are you getting enough submissions? Do you need more? Do you want more? Do you have too many? How does that work on your end when you're screening? Yeah. Well, well of course, we would love to have more submissions. I mean, we're, let's put it this way: we're doing well enough to keep the festival going. Mm-hmm. We we don't we're not privately funded. It's it's mainly Doug Whipple, mm-hmm. but the his family put the initial funding in, and most of the money, and very honestly, goes back into the festival. Like we we upgraded the sound. Like we're a festival, right? Mm-hmm. Every year we try to upgrade our sound mm-hmm. and make it better. Mm-hmm. And our sound is really really good the last couple of years. But this past year, we Doug put money the extra money into upgrading the sound equipment even better. Nice. So, you know, we, we want it to be the best it can be and the best screening because the, the thing is, as a filmmaker, you want to see your film on the big screen. That's the excitement of it, right? I know. I know. I even watch trailers for my stuff on the big screen. It's so wonderful. <laughs> That's the biggest thing. Like When I talk to my filmmaker friends, what's the biggest thing? Is this what it's about, seeing your film on the big screen? I still think that's true. I really do. So where is New Hope and when is the festival? Well, New Hope is in, uh, New Hope PA is on the Delaware River. It's about 40 miles north of Philadelphia, right on the Delaware. And it's got a very long history of the arts there, dating back into the 30s. And actually quite a few people in the entertainment industry either live out there, have second homes out there. Hmm. And so that's one of the reasons why Doug and I thought it would be a great place for a film festival. Mm-hmm. And, and let me say, this is interesting too, Serena, our very first year in 2010, right? Mm-hmm. There's the New Hope Film Festival. We got films. We had filmmakers from 17 different countries that's awesome. come to New Hope, Pennsylvania. <laughs> that's great. And we were shocked. I mean, the first year of a brand new festival, we had people from India and China and, and, and Iceland and Ireland. It was crazy. And this year we had, I think we had 89 films wow. uh, and 27 scripts from 17 countries. Nice. So what what are the dates of the festival? Do you know offhand this coming year in 2020? Uh, July 17th to the 26th. Awesome. And I'm looking on the website here. It's newhopefilmfestival.com. And yeah. you can see the 2019 program guide, which is kind of cool. It's always nice when you're submitting to a festival to look at the program guide from the last year. And um, this looks awesome. 
I bet this is a beautiful town. Let's see, it's a sponsors and visitors guide. I was, the town is amazing. Yeah? The town, the campus of the festival, New Hope is the campus, and that's what everybody who comes here for the first time falls in love with New Hope. That's what happened to me in, mm. in April of 1976 when I drove over the bridge from Lamberville, New Jersey, and drove through New Hope, and I just thought, wow, what a cool, what an adorable, uh, romantic town. New I'm going to live here someday. And I New did. Hope, let's see, that's <laughs> Bucks County, it says here. I'm looking, a town in eastern Pennsylvania. Oh, it looks really pretty. You know, there's something to be said from getting out of town if you live in L.A., New York, Atlanta. Just get away from your normal environment. And it's so creative, isn't it, to kind of just like get away and be in a new place with new people? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people have getaway homes or mm-hmm. come out there for the weekend from New mm-hmm. York. And Philly, like I said, it's still, I consider it my my second home, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I have a lot of friends there. And actually, back in the 80, 80s, early 90s, I did a tremendous amount of theater at, at a theater called Theater on the Towpath. Hmm. And uh, unfortunately, it's not there any longer. But back then, it was really cooking, and I was getting cast in most of their shows. And I'd even bring them, like I brought in one time I wanted to do Eric Bogosian's Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, mm-hmm. the 12-character one-man show. And I brought that to the owner and, and producer of the theater, and he loved it. And he's like, let's do it. Oh, and I great. got to do that, there, <laughs> uh, which, was, which was great fun. So, yeah, that I got a huge amount of training uh, in that period of my life when I was there in New Hope at that theater. And Definitely. Is, isn't it nice to be around kindred spirits when you're a creative person? Oh, Totally. Because they get you, you know, it's not, it's not about like, I don't know if you run into this. Um, um, I, know, I, I know what you're going to oh, say. Yeah. And yes, all the time. <laughs> okay. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, I booked this job. Yeah. Oh, are, are you getting paid for it? <laughs> That's like the first, oh, are you getting paid? That, in other words, if you're getting paid, that means it's good. But if you're not getting paid, it's not good. Yeah. And I run into that a lot. I think. Most creative people, we love to get paid. We need to eat as much as anybody else, but we are motivated from our hearts and from our souls and from this crazy, creative, crazy creative mind that we have. And it's hard to describe that to somebody that is not working with that side of their brain. And um, that you know, that's why I I just am so delighted to meet you and talk to people like you because. You reinforce how I live my life every day by what you do. <laughs> well, Serena, you know, here's the thing, okay? At some point, though, you've got to make a stand, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'll still, as an actor, I'll still do things for free if I love the role, love the project, love the people, and think it has a chance to be good, where I can get some good footage and a good credit. But, you know, it gets to a point where... It's almost like it's a double-edged sword. In other words, we all want to work, right? As actors and actresses, we want to work. And when opportunities come, and even if it's free, it's like, okay, well, this is what's available now. I'm going to do it. But at what point do you say, you know what? I'm not working for free anymore. Now, I just got an offer for a feature film on on the East Coast in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And they told me, here's, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing. And I, I said, you know what? I said, I, I'm really interested. I'd love to come to Pittsburgh. I love the role. It's a cool character. But here's what I need from you. Now, I'm waiting to hear back from them. Now, they may say no, right. but, you know, I mean, they got to fly me out there. They got to put me in a hotel. 
and there's got to be some other things. Of course. Otherwise, I'm not, I'm not going. Right. You have to take care of yourself. So I'm starting to make my stand now. I'm saying, you know what? Mm-hmm. You think I'm talented? You believe I have a talent? I think I have a talent. How good I am, I don't know. But I, you know, I feel like I, I have a talent and people want that talent. Now it's time to pay for that talent. So how do you feel about Screen Actors Guild and the various unions? Are you in any other unions besides SAG? No, I'm in SAG AFTRA. Well, I, mm-hmm. back when I joined in 1981, mm-hmm. SAG and AFTRA were separate. So I joined right. AFTRA in 1980 because I got mm-hmm. some work on the soaps and you could work. Mm-hmm. I think you could do two under fives, which I did. And then I was in AFTRA for one year. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of that year, back then, if you were in AFTRA for one year and you had done a speaking part on a soap, you could order automatically join SAG, which is what I did. And back then it was $300 to join SAG in 1981. So I've been a member of SAG after since, you know, since that time. And it's a double, you probably know this too, Serena, it's a double-edged sword because there's far more non-union work than union work. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like, I think the figure is 98% of screen actors is unemployed at any given time. Mm -hmm. So that tells you how hard it is. You know, that's just the, that's just the way things are. And that's why you have to always be at it. You can't just go at this arbitrarily unless it's more of like a fun thing, like, oh, yeah, it's just kind of an avocation. But if you're a serious actor and you really want to do well and do something, you've got to be at this all the time, mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. to have a chance to be successful. That's definite. Yeah, I think the people that treat it like they love it and enjoy it every day of their lives are going to, for the most part, be the ones who are very successful because you take right. that into the set with you too. You know, if you love what you do, uh, that carries into the set with the cast and with the crew. And totally. it's all about a big family, I think. You know, that's why we travel in packs. Totally true. So, well, okay. So last words for people who want to get into the New Hope Film Festival. What advice do you want to give them? I know we covered a little bit of it, but before we go, I want you to... Just leave us with something to encourage people and tell them what you're looking for. Well, let me leave a, let me leave a number of things. And, 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 and can I say this as well? Sure. And I share this at, I do the awards presentation every year at the festival. I, mm-hmm. I host it. Mm-hmm. And so what I wanted this year, I wanted people to know and said, look, I'm not only a festival director, I'm an actor and I'm a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. I know every feeling on all three sides. Yeah. I know what it feels like as a filmmaker to get rejected by 23 straight festivals. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know those things. So we, I, we, Doug, we take that into account. And I, and I take my job as a festival director very seriously in looking at films. And, and we look at all the films and we talk about the films endlessly, Doug and I, and, and, and mainly Doug and I, one other person. And then we have six, seven other people who have input into films. but. You know, I know how hard it is to get into any film festival. It doesn't matter. It's hard to get into any festival. Right. It is. Like I was just at a friend of mine just had a film in Holly Shorts up in Hollywood. That's a major festival. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they got they they were telling me they got over six thousand submissions this year and screened four hundred films. That means five hundred fifty six hundred films didn't get in. I mean, think about that. Yeah. So that's what you're up against. So therefore. You need to try to make the best film you can possibly make in every way and, and the sound. And the other thing is, this is on the the uh, business side of it. When festivals email, you respond to emails, mm-hmm. right? And you know what I mean? Like a lot of times we'll send out emails, they don't respond. You're kidding. Or they respond, they'll respond with like, well, are you going to be attending the festival? Uh, well, yeah, we really would love to visit New Hope. Well, 
Does that mean you're coming to the screening? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Be, I know this may sound silly, but be specific. Because I can tell you right now, people have messed themselves up. But first of all, not responding to emails. Mm-hmm. And secondly, responding to emails, very wishy-washy. Right. And Doug, you know, sometimes they'll send me something. I'll say, what do you think they mean? I said, I don't know, Doug. Email them again. Well, I've emailed them three times already. You know? So... So at be that dil- point, you just go, see you later. Yeah, I mean, be diligent. Like, like, I'm saying, like I've learned from New Hope. When, I, when festivals send me stuff related to my films, I respond back ASAP, and I respond back very specifically. Mm-hmm. So that would be part of my advice, too, is when you're dealing with the festivals, make sure you respond to emails. Make sure you, you are specific about what's going on, because that could, that could be a nail in the tire if you don't. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, good advice. And one quick question before you go. Do you think, in terms of distribution, how necessary is it for a filmmaker to even go through the film festival circuit? That's a very, very good question. Well, you know, I've had friends who have been able to self-distribute their films and and even make a little bit of money. The the whole distribution thing is totally different now, and it's even changed in the last two or three years. Mm -hmm. So... I don't think you have to go the film festival circuit, but here's what's good about doing film festival. You get to see it on the big screen. You get to network with other people. Every year at New Hope, we've had filmmakers who have met writers, who have met producers, who have met directors, who have met and wound up, you know, uh, getting together and making films together. Right. It's a great place to network and meet people in the industry. And maybe you're in a film and, and some producer sitting there and has a project coming up. And they see you in the film, they go, oh, my God, she's she's amazing. Oh, hey, by the way, I love your performance in that film. I have this feature film we're doing. We'd love you to audition for right. it. So for those reasons, those are really good reasons as to why you would want to go to a film festival. But I have some friends who don't. They don't do the festival circuit. They just go direct to distribution. I think that's a little harder for most people. But, yeah. oh, this is wonderful advice. I, You know, thanks for stopping and talking to us while you're in your car <laughs> in the middle of a busy day. No problem, Serena. I love, no, <laughs> look, thank you for even inviting me on your show. I I really this look forward fun. to it. And, and any, you know, I, I love sharing my knowledge. That's how I put well, it. Well, we all wish you the best of luck as an actor, a producer, a writer, and as one of the co-founders of New Hope. We're going to be watching you. Uh, so best of luck. Break a leg with everything you're working on. We're going to be looking for what happens next with the witching hour, too, which we talked about. I think it was in part one. Um, but this is great. And um, yeah, go roller hockey, roller and ice hockey skating as often as you can. I think it's really. Well, I just do. I just do ice. I just do ice. Now. I just ice skating. I just do ice. So wow. All right, yeah. I want to see a picture yeah. of you ice skating. You oh, gotta okay. send me one. Okay. All right, Tom. Thank you so much for doing this. You have a wonderful day, and remember, everybody. I always tell you, get up off your chair and do something wonderful today. Thanks to OWC for sponsoring this time with Thomas Michael Mulligan and all our wonderful creatives on OWC Radio. You have an awesome day.